Hello and welcome to Let's Be Nerds, Greek Mythology, episode number three, the grand finale. I am joined with an amazing panel of people who I love dearly. Some have been with this series that we've done from the beginning. Some are just joining for the first time. And I am so happy that we put this series together because I think Greek mythology is really something we never expected to unite us the way that it did. But lo and behold, here we are. Everybody has a story or a favorite god or a favorite mythology tale that we've kind of connected on. And it's it's been a beautiful thing. And I hope for those of you listening that it's kind of translated and you can identify you know, what your first favorite Greek mythology was. And... I really am excited for the wrap of this because this has inspired us to take on the idea of doing certain topics in a series format. And it's something that we really hadn't done before. And I think with the response we've received from the last two episodes and hopefully to this one, that it's going to be the future of Let's Be Nerds and we're going to continue to have these running themes. I can't wait to kick this off. So let me just run down. I have to, we're going to do individual highlights because this is such an amazing panel of people. Um, first up, I have Lizette. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. Um, starting to wake up again. So love that. We'll see how it goes. Hey, by the end of this, you'll be uh, right in the middle of the discourse with everyone else. I'm so glad to have you here today. Um, Gordon, I know it's been a rough evening, but how are you feeling? I've had my cowtails and non-descript soda brands. Um, it will be described when we're sponsored by them. Um, but I'm feeling a little bit better now that I've had sugar and I've calmed down from the interesting time I've had at work this evening. Absolutely. Every good nerd needs good sugar and good caffeine. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Actually, there's no caffeine in this, so... Oh, well, I tried. Um, Carmen, the woman who kicked off Greek mythology, you are here tonight for the finale of the three-part series. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Happy to be part of the three-peat. And, uh... <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> the three-peat. Feeling good. I, too, have my sugar. Uh, mine is in the form of a uh, coffee right now. <laughs> Sugar and I did have caffeine? wine earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, I did have wine earlier and uh, some nondescript chocolate Christmas trees, but chocolate peanut butter Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, another story, guys. <laughs> for anybody that does not follow Carmen on TikTok, you need to because that TikTok is iconic. 
And it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask, which bottle, red or white, which one did you open first? Uh, I went with the pink, actually. Was it pink? I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe I missed I thought it, it was It might have been my filter. Yeah, it might have been okay. the filter I put on. But yeah, it's good. <sighs> it was delicious. Love that. Um, so next up, Dylan, Delaney, you guys are recording together. You are joining us. How are you guys feeling? Are you excited to be here? I'm excited as always. I just realized I haven't had any caffeine as everyone's talking about having caffeine today. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I might need some more caffeine. You had two Red Bulls at work. For those of you listening, Delaney has been posting all day in our group chat about the caffeine that her bosses have been giving her. So maybe it wore off, but I think you've had some in your system. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I thank you, Dylan and Delaney, for being here because I know that like scheduling-wise, you guys made this happen, and I, I'm happy that you're here. Um, Dylan, you kind of took front stage in the last episode of Greek Mythology, and I appreciate that. Delaney, have you is this you were here for Greek Mythology, I think part two, right? So you're yeah. kind of okay, you've been with us for this. Um I think the next person that hasn't been here but has joined us tonight is our everybody's favorite Miche. How are you, buddy? I am doing just fine. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I'm so glad. I know that like you have a lot going on and you have a lot on your plate. And I don't know if we've shared this amongst this. I mean, I know Gordon, I know. But um, Michi was recently accepted to college, everybody. Congratulations. It's a pretty big deal. Yay. And they have a gaming program. Can you like, I mean, I'm so excited for you, Michi. I can't. I kind of worried about it because i don't know like i'm not good with big crowds of people but it's it seems super exciting and everybody seems super nice well i think you're picking a very good school i know people that have gone there and they're very happy with their experience and i just want to say on behalf of all of us we're very proud of you i know that you've shared with me that this might be a first um and in terms of your family and Everybody here is so supportive and we just are so proud of you and we're so glad that you can make time for doing this podcast because you have a lot on your plate. It's your senior year, buddy. Like you have to enjoy this and make the most of it. And I just feel like you're you're gonna do great and we're all so proud of you. Oh, well, thank you guys. Also, I wouldn't miss this podcast for the world. Let's be nerd is going nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. So I have to ask. This is a question I asked everybody, and you weren't here for the first two episodes, so I got to ask you now. What was like the first Greek mythology-related story? And it's okay, because my answer was Disney's Hercules. So there's no shame in your game. What was the first like Greek mythology-related thing you ever like heard of or knew about? Probably the Percy Jackson series series no way that's been such a big thing for this whole thing is percy jackson yeah i it went from percy jackson and then i saw the uh disney version of hercules but percy jackson definitely did it for me it's funny how like the gener generation wise it's it, percy jackson really did have like or i think we talked about this last time it had such an influence because of the movie and, and whatever and the books 
and you know we can get back into that fight of you know seeing the movie versus reading the book but we won't we won't rehash that one but for now for now keeping my thoughts to myself (laughs) you know we're gonna you know watch part two if you want to hear that discussion um or listen i should say um well i'm glad you're here michi um it's good to know that like where you come into the fold with all of this um i want to talk about and we're wrapping it up today so i know that gordon has a specific god that we're going to talk about in the end that i think is going to be kind of interesting because i think he gets overlooked in a lot of the stories and a lot of the i mean he he plays a good part but it's i think we're going to get a little interesting in-depth look at that god but for my section to close this out i kind of wanted to talk about how terms and i don't know if that's the right word but themes in greek mythology and stories have translated into the english language and what i mean by that is there are things that are part of the stories of greek mythology that have become part of our vernacular there are things that we'll say in everyday conversation and in my opinion it's impressive because if you think about the time difference for those stories to have stuck and to still resonate and to be part of just general discourse. For example, the first one I can think of is the Midas touch. And that was a Greek story about a man that had essentially everything he touched turned to gold. Uh, he tried to wash his hands off in a river and he turned the whole river to gold, if I'm not mistaken. And to this day, you will still hear terms like, Oh, if somebody's good at something, they have the Midas touch. And to me, that's really impressive. If you think about how far apart our culture is from that culture, to still have things resonating today that were part of their stories and their mythos and their religion. And I kind of wanted to talk about a few, I guess you could say, terms or expressions that originated in the form of Greek mythology that we use every day. So I guess this is going to be a little bit interactive and I'm going to kind of start like easiest to hardest, but did you guys, are you guys familiar with the term of a Trojan horse? Yes. 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 So essentially it is, I believe in Carmen, it was Athens versus. Greece versus uh, Troy. Greece versus Troy. I'm sorry. And so essentially they, pretended to give them this wooden horse and mm-hmm. it was filled with the troops and then the troops ex- essentially vacated and they it caused you know them to succeed in what they were trying to do and to this day you'll still if something is shady if something seems off or somebody's somebody that's not very nice is suddenly being nice to you mm-hmm. you could use the expression oh well that's a trojan horse and it's it's amazing to me, like stuff like that carries over. Yeah, yeah. The, it was that was the whole reason for the Trojan War too. Is the Greeks were like, "Oh, you Trojans, you're just so much better at war than we are. Here's this gift to show that you won. We're just gonna go away now. Bye, guys." And the, <laughs> and the Trojans were like, "Oh, well, thank you for this 
wonderful gift of this wooden horse that is in no way, shape, or form suspicious whatsoever. Let's wheel this into our city gates, because nothing bad can happen if we do that. And, uh... <laughs> and the, uh... Greeks, there were there were some of the Greek troops were actually hiding very quietly inside of the the horse, and they were waiting until they were inside the gates and kind of waited until everybody went to sleep till it was really really quiet, and they came out from inside of the horse and then were able to attack and siege and defeat the Trojan army from within the gates. So it brought about their downfall. You know, exactly. I, I think the French tried to do the same thing with the Statue of Liberty, but forgot to add the door on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and another expression that I love, and I, this is something that I use in my discourse, is to open Pandora's box. Like if you're oh. facing a problem that, that you realize becomes a million more problems. So like in Greek mythology, Pandora essentially like lived a life of life of essentially like bliss, happy and free. And then she opens this box that was bestowed because I believe Pandora was was she one of the first women I believe and that she was she was given this gift I, I could correct me if I'm wrong in the comments but I believe that she was like one of the first women and it was like a gift, a gift bestowed upon her but within the box it was Everything opposite of her life. It was death. It was dismay. It was terror. It was pain. It was suffering. And Pandora closes was... the box. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Pandora closes the box, but before everything that is horrible escapes, and the one thing that is not stolen is hope. So, mm -hmm. like, even though that expression is, like, used in context today to explain, like, okay, well... <clears throat> We ran out of this, and the supply chain is not, you know, it's backed up for three weeks. We opened Pandora's box to all these problems. What I love and what I think is missing from our definition is that even in the Greek story, there was still hope. Yeah. And I think a lot of people miss that part. But, Karma, what were you going to say? I was going to say is Pandora was actually like the God's response to Prometheus because they were mad that Prometheus gave fire to the humans and the mortals so that they could stay warm and cook their food. Um, so the gods created Pandora, which I, which according to my book says Pandora means the gift of all. And they sent her down to earth. Um, and she was, like you said, like from her becomes the whole first race of women um, who are, <laughs> according to this book, who are an evil to men with nature to do evil. Um, that sure. Um, Misogyny <laughs> lives on. <laughs> sorry. But yes, yeah. So essentially, the gods were mad at Prometheus uh, because Prometheus gave fire to humans. So in order to get back at Prometheus and the humans, the gods created Pandora and let her kind of like curious nature unleash all of these evils upon mankind and like you said she only closed the box and kept hope um because that is the one thing that you know wasn't able to get out and escape so even though there are all these trials and tribulations and crap that goes on in the world we can still have hope we still have that inside yes even in the face of pure evil there is still hope for a better tomorrow and all mm -hmm. of that and it's it's weird how these greek mythology mythological tales have become part of our 
common turn of phrase. And I just, I, I kind of like, as I'm reading these, I look back and I'm like, well, I don't think I'd fully understand what I was even saying. And like the uh, rise from the ashes, like in regards mm-hmm. to the Phoenix, that actually, and I never knew this, like, I'm going to be honest with y'all, how I knew about the whole tale of the Phoenix rising from the ash, the ashes was because of X-Men. If you're not familiar in the X-Men, Jean Grey has an intergalactic experience where she gets indoctrinated with the Phoenix Force and she like dies 700 times and anytime the comic book sales are low, they bring Jean Grey back to like boost comic book sales. She rises from the ashes and she <laughs> prospers. <laughs> and that to me, I never realized that that was based in a Greek origin. Mm-hmm. And it's just astonishing to me that like, this is lifetimes upon lifetimes ago. And they're still impacting our culture. They're still impacting our writing, our television, our morals. And I guess to bring this whole series like kind of home is the underlying thing is we have to know where we come from. And yes, you may not be genetically Greek, but when you look at literature, when you look at pop culture, when you look at themes in writing, so much is based on this that you have to kind of take a step back and you have to realize like what other society, what other culture has had this much of an impact. And I guess that's why I'm obsessed and that's why I'm a nerd about mythology. What do you guys think? Well, I kind of like mythology. (laughs) I I like how mythology even after all this time you know different things coming up still sticks around like that in so many different ways in modern life you can always fall back on it and find some way that it still appears in modern time i mean in yeah. fact it's like oh sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say i just absolutely i said i, I agree with what dylan said Liza, did were you saying something Well, I was going to say, just your examples are really good about how it's um, come over into modern day speech, like references to mythology, finding them in um, different traditions that we hold now, too. I I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I, I know of a few that are tied to like Egyptian mythology or different things that we do. Um, that have just been pulled into modern day modern day life that people don't really think about where those traditions originated. Exactly. Like uh, mm-hmm. for me, I always use like uh, the term an Achilles heel. Like mm-hmm. so, Achilles was an ancient warrior, and I believe he was one of the many, 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 many sons of Zeus. But he was strong. He was tough. He was like the most amazing thing. But his heel was his weak spot and so like when you know i'll be in meetings and the term will be like okay well this is a star player and this person can do all this right but when this happens or this situation that's where they need to like work on improvement and it's not common in like management type meetings where it'll be like oh that's their achilles heel yeah and it's a turn it just comes off the tongue like it's nothing but when you really think of the origin and the length of how long that term's been around, it just baffles me. And it's kind of astounding. I mean, it kind of makes sense if you think about, like, 
the linguistics of the English language in itself and like how many of our words are still derived from Greek languages that, you know, we have a lot of our ologies, you know, psychology, uh, is the one I can think of the top of my head. But anyway, any of our words, we have like 150,000 words that are derived from Greek language. So if we have that many words in our language derived from their language, it makes sense to have a lot of their like turns of phrases that kind of translate into our language as well, too. I agree. It's, it's, I don't know, it, it does make sense. And it's like, I guess it's just one of those things that in my life, I've just never paid much mind to until like we've been more focused on this and really discussing it and i was like this is something that i just you don't always pay attention to i do have to ask you just and this is one that was not i was not familiar with so i'm gonna read this one if i'm gonna ask you if you know what it means and you tell me yes or no and i'm gonna read to you what it means so this is what not one that i'm familiar with do you know the modern day expression that comes from Greek mythology that says to be a Cassandra? I have this one was new to me. I had I've heard, never heard of that. I haven't heard this too often and it's been a little while since I've heard it, but I do know what that I, I think I know what I think I know what that means. Heard that before. <clears throat> so allow me to read this one to you because this one took me by surprise. So I want to see if you guys are like if what you're thinking is what it actually is so cassandra was a priestess to athena in ancient troy she warned king priam priam or priam yeah. yeah yeah that the trojans should not take in the large wooden horse standing at their door beware and this goes into another term Beware of Greeks bearing gifts is another term that apparently is a part of the English vernacular, but I'm not familiar with that one either. But no one would listen to Cassandra. So to be a Cassandra in like modern day English language discussion is to basically mean that you're someone who proclaims the truth or spreads a message with the proper knowledge that it is accurate, but no one wants to believe it despite mm -hmm. its authenticity. I had never heard that one before. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I've ever actually heard that phrase, but knowing what I know from her from uh, like the Iliad and the Trojan mm -hmm. War, she doesn't have a very good ending, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah. She was right about everything. And because she mm. was a woman and she was right, you know, bad things happened to her. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I, why am I surprised? I shouldn't be surprised. Right. <laughs> mm. So there is one other one that I have always said that this is, again, something that I never knew the origin for. This is something that I, I think I picked up from my mom. But the caught between a rock and a hard place comes from that expression comes from Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. I would have never known that. And so... Carmen, I read about this one. Are you familiar with it? Because I, I, yeah. I, I can, I can read it. But if you have an explanation, that would be great. It's like I just so, don't want to like a reader, you know. <laughs> to give you like the Cliff Notes versions. Um, yeah. so you, you find it in the Odyssey, and it was like the Greeks' way of kind of describing two equally unpleasant alternatives. So you had 
I'm going to mispronounce this. I apologize in advance. I think the name is Scylla, S-C-Y-L-L-A. Scylla was a supernatural female creature. She had 12 heads and, or 12 feet, six heads, long snakes, blah, blah, blah. Just like this huge monstrous thing on one side of the, uh, the strait of, um, I don't know exactly which strait it was. These are both in the water, basically. Um, so you have Scylla on one side of the strait, just like big monstrous thing that, you know, if you approach it, if your boats are going through it, obviously the six heads or 12 heads or however many heads are going to, you know, come down and start biting the men out of the boats. So you don't want to sail close to that thing. But then on the other end of it, you have uh, Charybdis, Charybdis, totally probably mispronouncing that as well. C-H-A-R-Y-B-D-I-S. I yeah. can't pronounce that for my Charybdis, life. <laughs> Charybdis, not 100% sure how you pronounce it. Didn't look it up. I apologize in advance. Can we call him Charlie? I think we should just call him Charlie. Charlie. So you have uh, <laughs> Sheila and Charlie. Sheila and Charlie are the two uh, things in the water on each side of the street here. So Sheila's got the 12 heads. You don't want to get near her because she's going to come down and bite the men out of your boat. But then on the other side of the street, you've got Charlie. And Charlie is essentially like a big whirlpool. So you don't want to get your boat too close to the whirlpool because it's just going to kind of spin you around in circles and then eventually drag you down to the depths of the ocean. So okay. your only choice is to literally sail between a rock, Sheila, or a hard place, Charlie. Uh, I know. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that. I didn't realize that that's where that saying came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the Odyssey. Uh, Odysseus is able to survive. I think he takes the path of Charlie, the whirlpool, and he literally like hangs on to a tree for like hours on end until eventually the little raft or boat that he had created and like tried to get through. Um, it went around and around and around and around in the whirlpool and eventually it, it, you know, got spit back out into the water. And by that point he let go of the tree, got back on it and was able to get out of that place. Hmm. Interesting. I do have to point out one nerd fact. So the website I'm on that I was looking up the caught between a rock and a hard place, it's stones of Erasmus, E-R-A-S-M-U-S.com. I was reading about, Charbdis, or as we've called it, Charlie. Charlie. It, it, it says here, and I, I'm kidding you not, I will screenshot it and send it into the group chat. That so it's a whirlpool with teeth and mm-hmm. it swallows, you know, men alive. Mm-hmm. But it says it says that Charlie, our boy Charlie from Greek mythology's cousin, is the sand whirlpool in Return of the Jedi. What? And I'm oh, I'm going to I'm going to send you screenshots in the DMs in the group chat to prove and like maybe you'll see the photo and you'll see what I'm saying. I don't know if this is can I get a fact fact check? <laughs> but like uh, oh wait, I just sent this to Gordon. Um, let me uh, put it in the <laughs> chat. What is it? All right. So look at the first one's the return of the Jedi, what they're taught like the person the thing they're talking about. The Sarlacc? Okay. The Sarlacc, yeah. Well, I guess I could see that, but... But do you see on the website, it lists it. I'm like, what's your citation, though, bro? Like, I don't see any fact check there. Just the fact that it kind of looks like it? I guess. I don't know. All right. Maybe maybe the writers in The Return of the Jedi 
use that as like inspo inspo yeah kind of like yeah, yeah. just like a, a callback on greek mythology because it's not like that's not been done before in some sense yeah and i mean i feel like they really and i mean granted sand versus whirlpool but i feel like they animated it or whatever you call it yeah but i guess they were playing yeah playing to the star wars like where were they they were literally in the desert so Mm -hmm. you weren't in the middle of the water so they did what they had to do yeah Hmm. Um, well for those of you listening uh steve real fast before we uh jump anywhere it's pronounced charybdis thank you i prefer Um, and and the reason why i know that and i had to double check myself is because that's what they call it in pirates of the caribbean oh Okay. At least I'm pretty sure that's what they call it in Pirates of the Caribbean, but I know there's a giant whirlpool with a lot of teeth in it from Pirates of the Caribbean. You we might be that, right. Uh, I know they use Calypso. They use Calypso in the Pirates of the Caribbean, and that's Greek mythology, too. No, Gordon, yeah. I know you're right, actually, because it's in Percy Jackson, too. Yep. And that's how they pronounce it. Charybdis? Ooh, yeah. Thank you guys for correcting me. I do appreciate that. I still am going to call him Charlie. Please don't. <laughs> We could call him Karib. Karib, yeah. Oh, what's your boat? I'm gonna call anyway, let your boat go straight down the middle. <laughs> before we continue, I think this is a great time to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And we will be back with more, well, the final part of Greek mythology, part number three. And we're back. So. Michi, I want to just thank you for being here today. I know you can't finish out the rest of the episode with us, but anytime you're available and you're able to be a part of the show, the show is better for it. Thank you so much for being here. Did you have fun? I always have fun when I'm on Let's Be Nerds. Let's be honest. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. I have to ask you a very important question. Yes. What is better? Percy Jackson or Disney's Hercules for Greek mythology? Oh, that's not a very smart question there, Steve. <laughs> the clear answer is definitely Percy Jackson. Okay. Well, I was on the other side of this one. I was a Disney fan, but there is something coming down the pipeline that I can't tell too much about. But for those of you listening... It is in the works, and I think it's going to be a really good project. And um, it might be Percy Jackson related. And Demetrius, I think that that would be an awesome avenue for you to be a part of the show when that when that is ready and able to go forward. I think that'd be great for you to be part of it. And I want to thank you for being here tonight. And I uh, I understand that you have to go, but. Thank you for being here, buddy. Oh, no problem. I'm so glad you guys actually included me in this one because I'm like I'm a huge fan of myth- mythology. And I understand, and we will. Uh, we've worked out. Uh, what's funny is the group has grown to be so big that we had to figure out different ways of recording to be able to accommodate and i'm so happy that you're available to be here when you're part of a conversation part of a discourse you always add to it and we're very appreciative of that and i will see you on friday and i think maybe you might be doing some recording with us for some future episodes and i can't wait for that buddy 
Me neither. So with that being said, I think it's time to really bring Greek mythology number three to its natural conclusion. Um, we've kind of rotated in how we've done this. We've gone from myths to gods and, you know, different things in between. And Gordon, you have a Greek god that you are partial to. And I think it's going to be a good closing because I think there's some underlying things that we can all maybe relate to or see in other literature. So I'm going to let you take it away and tell us about your Greek god. Well, thank you, Steve. My Greek god that I... I'm not really sure what it is that pulls me towards him. My, my favorite Greek god is Hermes. Or if any one of you can speak Greek, I just dropped his Greek name in the uh, Discord because it looked funny and I thought you guys would appreciate it. <laughs> um, which has a couple translations, apparently. Um, the Greek one translates into Hermes and then the Latin spelling translates into Mercury. Somewhere. I, I don't understand how, but you know. English isn't my I think the state. Romans, I think the Romans called him Mercury when they mm -hmm. uh, copy and pasted it over into Roman mythology. <laughs> copy paste. Yes. That would make yeah. sense. Because I I only had the Greek side up here. I didn't. I don't mess with no Romans. You know, <laughs> we're not in Rome, so no, Rome no, we're not. Too much sense. It does. No, no, it, they don't. Not enough chaos. They took what all the Rome, fun right? parts out. <laughs> Um, Hermes is, uh, one of the, one of the many, and by many, I mean 92 children of Zeus, um, which, yes, Zeus does have 92 children, um, not all wow. of those are divine or dem, or demi-god, demi-human, I don't demi. know, demi, thank yeah. you, demi-humans, demi-gods, they're not all that, most of them are just normal you know muggles <laughs> <laughs> but throughout uh just greek mythology in general hermes has a lot of different titles and i do mean a lot he is the god of animal husbandry which is including cattle herding, shepherding, goat herding, and even breeding horses and mules. He also represents mm -hmm. the protection and flourishing of the herds and the destruction mm -hmm. by wild beasts. He, he's also the god of cattle thieves. That's a fun story. <laughs> <It is. laughs> he, when I started doing a deeper dive into Hermes, finding out the amount just the amount of titles he holds truly shocked me i i don't i didn't don't have an exact number but i can rattle off a few he's the god of herds and flocks inventor of rustic tools and arts god of heralds and bringer of peace god of birds of omen god of G-U-I-L-E, ghoul, ghoulie, guile, guile, thank you, um, he's the god of thieves and cattle wrestling, mm -hmm. 
Rasslin. Rasslin. He's the god of trade and merchants. Mm-hmm. The god of language, learning, and crafty wiles. Wiles. The mm-hmm. god of speech, crafty words, and eloquence. The god of language and writing. The god of memory and learning. <laughs> the god of roads, travelers, and hospitality. The god of protector of travels. The god of roads. The god of hospitality. The god mm-hmm. of searchers. The god of feasts and banquets. The protector of the home. God of the guard dog. Guide of the dead. And more more exactly, got the guide of souls from mm-hmm. the mortal realm to the afterlife. Um, there's more. Hermes was a Hermes, hustler, dude. He sounds like the most overworked, underpaid motherfucker Hermes. I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and no one here is probably going to understand where this reference is coming from. But Hermes fucks. <laughs> he has he has 33 children. We're going to go over them next. Don't worry. But Hermes invoked in offerings to the ghosts of the dead and necromancy. He's the god of sleep. Yes. The god of dreams of omen. I thought that was Apollo. <laughs> yes, but also Hermes is also, also Hermes. It's also Hermes. Apollo's just the one that brought the moon. Apollo didn't give a shit if you slept or not. Um right? Hermes was Am also the right Okay, person? let me let me uh put some more oh, information for the god of sleep then. Um Hermes was often described as a bringer of sleep and dreams. The Diamos, who was personified, these were a hip sleeping dreams. I'm not going to try to pronounce their Greek names. Although uh-huh. Hermes and Hypnos was distinct, were distinct enemies in Homer, they may have originally been regarded as one and the same. So, okay. so they were, depending on what story you listen to, what story you want to believe, they are the same, they are different. Really, in Greek mythology, everything's right, almost, no matter what your opinion is. Um, he's the god of rustic divination, the god of constants, athlete, athletics, gymnasiums, and games, the god of astronomy and calendar, teacher of astronomy, the planet Mercury, constellations, um, a couple other words I'm not going to bother try pronouncing, because there's just so many, the god of rustic music and poet poetry, the god of animal fables. Uh, this is the day of Hermes. The fourth day of the month was sacred to Hermes, for that was the day of his birth. Likewise, mm. the fourth day of the week, Wednesday, was named after him in Greek. It was called Hermes Day in Latin. Um, Mercurius, Mercurius Day in Germanic, Germanic. Wooden and days, um, the Norse, yeah, a lot. I can't pronounce a lot of these words. My brain isn't you, big enough. And so you may remember if you if you took Spanish. I don't know French because I took Spanish through all of my high school career. Um, but in Spanish, Wednesday is called Miércoles, so Miércoles for Mercury. Thank you. That's how you pronounce uh, that. I was not fortunate to take a Spanish mm-hmm. class. Yeah, uh, a lot of the Romance languages because they're based in Latin, they all kind of sound similar. Um. Lunes, I do believe, actually plays into like lunar, and that I think is actually the one that brings the moon at night. There is a lunar something or other Greek goddess who so brings the moon. 
I have a quote here. I'm going to try not to mess this up. Homer Kim for to Hermes 20 FF translation Everlean White Greek Epic C 7th to 4th BC on the fourth day of the month Queenly Maya M A I A Mia Maya bear him Hermes. Uh, I think it is Maya because there's Gaia and Maya. Yep. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we ready for more? Um, the star of Hermes, planet Mercury. Uh, he's identified with foreign gods. Uh, the Roman god Merc, the one that Carmen just said, um, Thacrian Salamox, and the Egyptian ibis-headed god of Thor. Thoth. Thor. Thoth. Hmm, I didn't know that. Okay. Um. So this that, is why he had to have so many damn kids because he had to have everybody take over these fucking job titles. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I do want to touch on his kids too, but mostly just the divine offspring because those are the ones you know that had godly powers, the ones people might might have heard about. Um, maybe. There's also a lot of non just just muggles. I'm just gonna call them muggles. I know it's mortal, but we're calling you're you're, you're you're literally mixing cultures, but okay. <laughs> yes, I am. It's my job. Um <laughs> I'm going to disclaimer now, I'm going to butcher a lot of these names. I'm not gonna feel bad about it, and we're gonna roll with it. Um, Angelina. We're gonna go with that one. The goddess of messages was the daughter of Hermes. Ulysses, the goddess of um Uesilanian mysteries. She was the daughter of Hermes and um Drea. Illusion. I think it's illusion mysteries. I definitely a weird way to spell illusion. I think. Don't quote me on that <laughs> it's, either. It's E L E U S I N I A N. No, I might be thinking of a different word. Don't don't quote me. <laughs> um uh, the third divine offspring is Oh, this is a long one. Hermaphroditus. Hermaphroditus? Hermaphroditus. Thank you. Yeah, Hermaphroditus. Um, is that a son of Hermes and Aphrodite. His form Aphrodite. Was a... Yeah, that, th- that Aphrodite. is exactly what you think it is. His form like she was has... merged with the... His form was merged with that of the Naiads uh, Salamisks. To form a creature that was half male, half female. Yes. Uh, that's what I thought. Okay. Yep. That's where we get it. Again, it's it comes exactly back where to the English it. language. Yeah. Yep. Um, God bless and Godspeed. <laughs> well, <laughs> and he was the god of speed. <laughs> he, was, so. he was the god of speed. Yeah, he has those. Um, <laughs> I, I actually have the name somewhere in my notes here. Notes, just articles I'm reading offline as always. Um, oh, he, so we are doing okay. There's notes too. I just, you know, it's easier to read from the source sometimes. I feel um, like Hermes he was has, like the most. Oh, sorry. I was just to. He had uh, wings on his sandals, which allowed him to uh, be fast as hell. Yeah. Um, they have a special name, which we'll get into later, because his whole fits or outfit. Sorry, sorry, I'm not going to turn to one of those people. His whole outfit, right. like every single piece has yeah, its own it happened. names. 
Um, hmm. So he has more kids that are divine offspring. Um, or Ordeus, Ordeus. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's the daughter of Hermes, and um. Oh my god, I am really horrible with names. Um, we're gonna skip that one. Um, in chat, let's give us a try. I will gladly drop this entire thing in chat for you folks to, to give a shot at. Because I'm not going to get it. There you go. Oriades. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I say Oriades yeah. or Oriades. And that last one. Um, I don't Nymph know. Nymphi? Nymphi? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Is just kind of stupid now, but I was in the first place. So next we have a pal Palestria, Palestria. Sure, the goddess of wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Sorry, wrestling <laughs> was a I love daughter that it's a of goddess. the athlete's god. It is. I a love goddess. that it's a goddess. I love that. Now I have to really reach down and in, into my memory bank for this. The name of this next kid. <clears throat> Pan, the goat-footed god of shepherds, was the son of Hermes and Nymphi Penelope. Pan was a or was a son of Hermes. Pan. There. Yeah, the one that played the flute with a yep, half yeah. goat. Satyr, the yep. goat butt. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh, Pan. Then there's Panis. Two of the goat-footed Panis were sons of Hermes. Um, A G R E U S. Or Agoras, whose mother was Nymphisos and Nemos, whose mother was so many names. I'm so butchering. Um, like a lot of nymphs is what it sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah, it sounds a like he had a nymphs. fetish. Yeah, he had a fetish. Um, so was he like a lot. nymphomaniac? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna move on. We are moving on. But I mean, it sounds, I mean, if the shoe fits and it has the wings on it, wear it. Hermes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we have Papyrus, the god of garden fertility. Um, oh, I know this word. I feel bad for, um, what are those um, half goat people called again? Like satyrs. 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 Um, Sator, the three Sator messengers of the god, god damn, um, Dionysus, Dion Dionysus, 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 whichever uh, oh. it is, were sons of Hermes, and guess what, another nymph, <laughs> they were named, can we fact check, they, is that where that word comes from? They were my... something that I'm not going to pronounce because I can't. It might that. not be because of Hermes necessarily. It might have just been anybody but... who wanted to like have something with like one of the nymphs and procreate multiple times. Because <laughs> there's tons of nymphs for every kind of like thing. Yeah, those are the names of the three satyr kids. Uh, the word nymphomaniac ultimately comes from Greek roots that give us nymph and mania. Oh, of course. The ancient Greek source of nymph meant young woman or bride, and may be most familiar in the form of beautiful, powerful, sexualized, mythological maidens. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like young, young girl, essentially. Or just like a pretty girl. 
Predator, call Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh. He has a lot more kids, too, that were um, non- um, divine. They are mortals. None of them are really, none of them really pop out to me as um people that I know. But then again, I'm not a very learned person. So, but here's my thing. So like, he's like got all this speed, and like he's like popping out these kids left and right. Out. Like it, it can't be good. Like these poor people that are sleeping with him have to like. It has to be like a drive-by shooting. Like, oh, well, you're pregnant. Oh, well, Whoa. you're pregnant. That's more like <laughs> Zeus than Hermes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a name I know. Orion, a giant who was born in answer to the prayers of the childless uh, Biotin. A, that's not how you say that name, but essential Greece king. He was conceived by three gods, Hermes, Poseidon, and Zeus, who... Oh, no. Oh, I'm so oh, okay. sorry for having to say this out loud. He was conceived by three gods, Hermes, Poseidon, and Zeus, who urinated upon a bull's hind and buried it in the earth to grow a earth-born infant. Oh. That's not oh. as bad as I thought it could be. I, yeah. I, I didn't know. I, yeah, I, oh, I thought it could get a little bit worse. So, yeah. so yeah. a lot of his non-divine children happen to be lords or kings there doesn't look like there are many common folk like only yeah. a couple definitely only a couple a lot of them were just lords and kings a couple bards here and there makes sense if he was like the god of commerce and market like they were people who maybe would have understood you know how to make money so and how to get ahead yeah yeah and language, languages as well too. So he could have not only, you know, been able to like trade with other places, but like be able to speak their languages as well too. Mm -hmm. He definitely had to have been able to speak every language with how much he got around. I feel like he has to be like the most like, and I say this with like air quotes, but like the most popular god because he's like in literally every single myth in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. He has so something. That he is, he is the Loki of Greek mythology. See, he is the god of thieves and trickery. Like, there's a whole segment I want to get into if we have enough time. That, but I wanted to go over how he's the herald of the gods because that kind of explains it. It kind of explains why he's the. Uh, you know, he, in every single myth, is because he's like the servant to all these gods because he's the child of the big one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um. So how, what how I have like here, he was the personal herald to Zeus, the king of the gods, and the patron god of all heralds. The herald staff, or the god, this is going to be butchered to high, high hell. Uh. I'm not even. It's going in the Discord for all of you to have fun with while I keep reading. Um, there you go. So, Herman, what is that? <laughs> please. Kadukios? Yeah, as well as I was say, Kadukios. Kadukios, that works for me. Or the Herald Staff. 
as it's called by us common folk. Um, the device was was a device held by official messengers of ancient Greece. It was derived from an old cattle herder's crook, and Hermes appeared as the herald of Zeus in uh, almost every single myth that you're going to read. Like, mostly because, you know, it's Zeus's child, but still, he's almost always attached to Zeus at the hip by free will or not, which is kind of how I got into it with Hermes, is because every single adaptation I've seen in TV shows has him as the servant of Zeus. Servant. Messenger. Yeah, I feel like I've most commonly heard of him as being called the messenger of the gods. Like, he relays the messages for whatever they want to say. Like, instead of picking up the phone and saying, hey, I'm going to call my brother Poseidon, it's just, hey, Hermes, go to the waters. I want you to tell Poseidon that I said this. Do we want some quotes from different myths and other things that um, <laughs> point to uh, just... Can I, yes. can I interrupt real quick? So the catechist staff, which is symbolized with this two snakes coiled around it, is the official insignia of the United States Medical Corps, Navy Pharmacy Department, and Public Health Service. So people are familiar yeah. with this. Like, again, yeah. this is another element of Greek mythology that is modern-day culture that Look. people probably don't know relates to Greek mythology. Look at us I mean, Americans to... stealing someone else's culture again. Oh, who would have known? <laughs> who would have thought? I don't know if this would play. I don't know if this would play into the fact that it was like the trade and the commerce. But Hermes is also like a clothing line, like a very expensive clothing line. Yeah. Hermes I thought it was. Herm I thought. It wait, hold on. I, I thought it was called Hermes. It might be, but it's spelled H E R M E S. Oh, so yeah. they're appropriating Greek culture, too. Maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, it could play into that aspect of being, you know, the Greek god of, you know, commerce and industry and, you know, fashion, I guess, maybe plays yeah. a part in that. And, you know, it's produced fast because it's, it's hot child, child, it, They produce it fast because it's child labor. So it's like very fast like Hermes was. Yes. Sorry. So, I had to. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's true. That was alleged. Alleged. <laughs> Just for a couple quotes before I jump to my next thing, because I don't want to take up too much more time. Um, a couple quotes, mostly from Prometheus Brown's. Um, I believe is what this. I don't know for sure. I didn't do research into where these quotes came from. I'm just using them. Um. One of the quotes is, swollen with your pride, Hermes' speech as befits a minion of the gods. Um, another quote, Hermes, the trusted messenger of Father Zeus. Um, another quote is, Herald and the gods gathered here, I greet them all. Him too, my own patron, Hermes, beloved Herald, of all heralds, all revered. Um, Zeus made Hermes his personal herald. Hermes, messenger of Zeus, whose hand contains the blessed piece, the rod. Um, Cryokin. It's a different name than what's on there. 
um, blessed. Is how that quote ends. Just, hmm. just a couple quotes of the. So not all are quotes of Hermes. Most of them are quotes, I believe, from other gods speaking about Hermes. And how yeah. he's kind of like Zeus's little bitch. But <laughs> let me find the segment on um, Thebes and all of that. Where did she go? Because that was fun and interesting. I think but... it's it's interesting how much like this one particular Greek god has impacted culture. Like he is somebody that like he was in so many of the myths and he's very well known in modern culture. Like if people are going to lift list off Greek gods, like he's at the top of the list. And it's, it, I, it's just amazing to me how much of it's transferred to our modern day culture. I, I was mostly buying you time. Gordon, did you find <laughs> what you're looking for? Um, I did. And it's mostly just a lot of quotes of the other gods being kind of pissed at him. I think, <laughs> still, the god of thieves. Don't do my don't do my boy Hermes that way. <laughs> the god of thieves and cattle rust It's it's rustling. It's not wrestling, or wrestling. It. It's it's spelt with an R, not a W at the beginning. It is rustling. Hate that. Um, another role of Hermes derived from his functions as a god of cattle was thievery. A major form of banditry in ancient Greek was cattle rustling. Does that make sense? Let's find an interesting quote. Um, I would lose if I had to rustle a cow. It's kind of fun. It's called cow tip. <laughs> I can cow tip. <laughs> I had horrible guilt. I had horrible guilt when I tipped a cow. Don't recommend it. And I that's actually a legend. I never did that. Never mind. <laughs> all right gordon are we gonna continue with your quotes i think i want or... to quote maybe one or two because these ones are pretty pretty long quotes here but i think there's a couple that is that might might be interesting if i can pronounce these name rights um achilles is standing in his standing, fury outraged the corpse, or great Hector, the blessed gods as they looked down upon them from heaven, were filled with compassion and kept urging clear-sighted, um, some really complicated name, to steal the body. So, you know, Hermes trying to get people to steal shit because, you know, that got to cause some commotion, some ruckus. I think that has to do with the Trojan War. I think, don't quote me on this because I don't remember offhand, but I think in the Iliad, when some of the Greek heroes had fallen, like Achilles and Hector, they wanted to try to bring the bodies back so that they could bury them with their kinsmen. So they asked Hermes, because he was so fast, to go onto the battlefield to collect the bodies of the fallen soldiers. Mm. That does sound familiar. I do believe I read something it, about that. It would make sense. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. Don't quote me though, but I'm pretty sure it's not like he was just stealing bodies to steal bodies. <laughs> he, <laughs> he wasn't, wasn't a, a grave robber. He wasn't a grave robber, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to bring back their fallen their fallen heroes so that they could have a hero's burial. And I think I found the quote I want to end it on is um a name I'm gonna butcher first here. Um I'm just going to put it in the Discord for you people to tell me how to say it. So Carmen and Lizette have been queens of pronunciation. So I'm... Autolycos? I was going to say, I thought it was like Autolycus. Yeah. Autolycus excelled all mankind in thieving and subtly and sub, sub, and subtly of O's having won this mastery from the god Hermes himself. That's the quote. Hmm. That's pretty dope to have won the um, mastery of thieving from a literal god. Of thievery. Yeah. Of thievery and mischief and other things. Just He really is like the that. Loki. He he is the Loki. He is the Loki oh, yeah. of Greek mythology and you can't tell me otherwise. Him and Loki would be drinking buddies. For yes, sure. They would, be and they would be trading would be the but day no, they, they, they'd be trading stories i'm sorry dylan go ahead i interrupted oh, you no they, i don't think they'd be trading stories they'd just be trying to top each other off for the rest of the night <laughs> yes. it would be like the who, the who did it better one big prank yeah <laughs> oh this is actually with one quote. big trojan horse so to speak <laughs> yes exactly all right, Gordon, you have one more for us before we wrap? Actually, two, because I just reread them. So the one is Hermes, to rejoice is thine in fraud divine. I like that because it rhymed. Um, <laughs> into the house came Hermes in the shape of a young man, unforeseen, untaught, eluding the doorkeeper with his robber's foot. And we wonder why he has so many kids. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, but he can't put rubber on, but he has a rubber foot. Explain that one. Um, I, I kind of think that Hermes is like the perfect Greek god to end on with this whole segment because I think it speaks to the nature of humans. Like we're not all perfect, and there are. I mean, I think we kind of over highlighted that like the trickster element of Hermes, but. I do believe that he did do some good, but I think he had a lot of fun in his position. And I think he was maybe not always the best. I think he was sometimes a little bit more on the side of evil. But when you look at like what he was tasked with, he was essentially, and this is where I think it applies to us. I feel like Hermes represents the mentality or the stuff of mind where you feel you have to be everything to everybody, but you aren't present enough for yourself. I think Hermes was torn between Zeus, Hades, Poseidon, everybody else. He was, he was the herald. He was the fastest. He was getting bodies off of battlefields. He was doing almost too much. And there are good things about him. There are bad things about him. And I think this speaks to human nature. Like when we are all pulled to our limit and we are all trying to essentially everything to everybody else, we're not 
good to ourselves. And this whole thing can wrap into these stories that we've covered and mean so much to present day. And they can translate so well if we just learn from them and we realize how much they literally impact our vernacular and our language and our discourse and realize that these messages are true to this day. What do you guys think? Yeah, I have to agree. It's it's still relevant. It, everything about it, there's always something that's still relevant for us today. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that it speaks, I mean, not to reference our own material, but if you look back at episode number 19, we discussed supervillains and then the anti-villain. And mm -hmm. there are so many stories where you can see where Hermes could be painted as the hero or the villain. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, that would kind of make him the anti-villain of Greek mythology. And he toes the line, and he's not always on the right side of, quote, history or whatever, but uh, sorry. Oh, God. Oh, no. You guys can't hear me. I can hear you. No. Uh, no, okay. No, I'm... Oh, shit. My, I don't know what happened. Like My headphones started to ring. It was really weird. Um, what was the last thing you heard? He... Wasn't on the, the right line. side of history. Yeah, toe the line. Okay. All right, Gordon, if you can cut me... like He may not have been on the right side of history, but he is a figure or a literature character or whatever you want to call him, that there is something that everyone can relate to. And I think that speaks to the greater idea of why we picked Greek mythology, because granted, everybody in this group is connected somehow through friendship, through family, and we've formed this bond and we're creating this show and Greek mythology had such a big impact that we all unanimously agreed that this would be the first three-part series where we would dive in. And I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to know where we came from to know where we're going. And I think a lot of the times people don't realize how big of an impact Greek mythology has on the present day. And I'm so thankful that we were able to kind of illuminate that with our platform and really speak to that because who knew we were all Greek mythology nerds somewhere deep down. We would have not known that had we not been together and doing this and it kind of united us. And I really hope for those that are listening that 
they can relate like where what got them into what whether it was disney's hercules or percy jackson or you know reading the iliad or whatever the case may be something brought you here and you know about this or you wouldn't be listening and that's a beautiful thing and it connects all of us whether we realize it or not and i love that and i feel like it really speaks to what we're trying to do with the show um so before i wrap up I want to open it up. What's everybody's thoughts on our first series? What's everybody thinking about Greek mythology? Like, do you guys like how this all went? Like, do we want to keep doing this? I think um, this idea of doing like a three or four part series, I think is really good. I, I like having more time to delve into topics. Yeah. It's a I agree. very enjoyable format. I'm sorry, Dylan, what was that? I really enjoy this format of like a couple episodes and stuff like that because it really gives us a lot of time to flesh out a topic topic and let everyone get a viewpoint in or a fact in or something like that. I agree. And I think that what we bring to the table is I think there's I think we all have a common thread, but we all have such unique personalities. And Delaney, I'm so glad you're here because I think you add something special to the table too. I think there's going to be people that relate to you where when you started out, you were a little bit shy to be on such a public platform, but you really have come into your own. I think that represents like our listener base. Like They can probably relate to somebody that spoke during this series and that feeling of like you're not alone, that feeling of, oh, they they like the same Greek god as I did, or they like the same stories I did, or whatever the case may be, that is our ultimate goal with this show at large, is you're not alone. And there's somebody out there that's just as nerdy about something as you, and there's no stigma. And I think that we need to keep these series going. We're, we're kind of talking amongst ourselves about what we want to do for the next series. And I think we have a lot of really good ideas. And I think um, I think the forward motion here is this inclusivity in this community that we're trying to build. I'm so proud. And I guess this is the part where we wrap the episode up, but I don't like, it's it sucks because I really don't want to because I want to keep going because I think we have such a good thing here. But... That's what the next episode's for, and so after that, and the one after that. So I want to thank everyone that's been on the panel tonight. Uh, you represent much more than you realize, because I, I believe we're reaching an audience where people can relate to individuals. People that can't re relate to me will relate to somebody else that's been speaking on this platform because of who they are and we're giving voices to so many and for those of you listening i want you to know if you're listening on the anchor app your voice can be heard send in a voice memo responding or talking about your favorite greek god we even though this chapter is ending the door isn't closed we will be glad to feature you in a future episode and I think that what we're going to try to do is in the future do something where we can kind of all with the audience. So participate in the Spotify poll. Tell us what your favorite Greek mythology tale is, your favorite Greek god. Follow up on that. 
give us, if you don't mind, if you like the episode, if you like what you're hearing, give us a like, give us a five-star review. It really, really helps this podcast. If you feel connected to what we're talking about, join our Discord, join our uh, subreddit. We are trying to build this community of acceptance and love. And I don't care what your passions are. There's a there's room for everybody here. And if there's one message we can convey, it's that. And aside from that, we are doing a New Year's Eve special. You'll hear a segment here after I'm done regarding that. It's going to be our first live show. It's going to be wrapping season one. And yes, it's a big deal for us because it's the end of our first season. And the fact that we have done these this many episodes is huge. But this is our first chance to really connect with the people that are listening. So please download Green Room. It's a Spotify app. Download Green Room, make an account, and join us on New Year's Eve. We're going to be taking your live chats. You might get a chance to like join in on the disc, disc, like the whole conversation and just be a part of the whole event because this has truly changed my life. And the best thing I could wish is that you realize that the group of people I've assembled are not only my friends and my family, but they're your friends and your family too. So for those of you listening, you're always welcome here and you're always safe here. Thank you for listening to Greek Mythology Parts 1 through 3. Thank you for listening to Let's Be Nerds. And we'll see you on Friday with a brand new episode. Gordon, Lizette, are you guys as excited about the New Year's Eve special as I am? You know it, Steve. I mean, I know me and Drew are excited. We're both going to be there. And I think, Dylan, you're going to be there too, aren't you? You bet your shiny gold buttons I'll be there. <laughs> Guys, do you know who else? Carmen, you are you are coming. I don't... I'm so excited. Yeah, me and Bobby wouldn't miss it for the world. So this is going to be our first time doing a live event. And people that are listening can actually come in, join the chat... They can join in on a microphone or through text chat, and they can actually be a part of it. This is like the best way to end season one. I lost my left yeah. shoe no, thinking about he... it. <laughs> Did it. Knock your socks off. And I didn't even have those shoe. on in the first place, so just a shoe. <laughs> what time is this going to start at? So we're looking at because obviously we have to celebrate midnight so we're thinking around 10 or 10 30 we're gonna have more details to follow so this is really important if you want to be a part of our new year's eve special you have to get on discord or reddit you have to be a part of the community to be on i i can't explain how excited i am for us to be live we're gonna take your chats you can join in on the call tell us what you like about the show what you don't like this is going to be the most interactive we've ever been with anybody it's so exciting but, Gordon, do you know what the real thing is? Is they have to have green room. Can you tell they them about green room? have to have green room. Green room is a l- lovely addition to Spotify where we are able to go live and just be able to record with all of you guys listening in. You guys can ask to speak with us. You can join us. You can join in the live chat through the whole thing. We can bring you on so you can share your opinion on our podcast or just your opinion on some random BS like we love to do on our podcast and just and, chill with us all night. 
And Liza, do you know what the best part is? If you are you a listener to Spotify? Yes. If you have a Spotify account, you can just download the Green Room app and immediately create an account. How easy is that? Oh, okay. So it just ties into the account that you already have for Spotify. Exactly. It's perfect. It's going to be like a two-second download process and then a two-second sign-in process. Okay. Carmen, I don't know about you, but I would really think that it'd be cool if some of our listeners would like either join in on the voice chat or through text and tell us New Year's resolutions. Are you big on New Year's resolutions? Not so much on uh, resolutions, um, but I just love being with friends and family, and I think it would be a great time to have uh, more of our friends and family who are listening be a part of this so that uh, we get to hear from everybody. And what's a better way than celebrating the new year than to start off with a group of friends that are all on the same page? Exactly. Dylan, I, I can't wait. Are you excited? I am. Like I said, I lost my I lost my left shoe, and I think the cat took the right. Oh my gosh! I should hopefully find it in time. If not, like you said, I can join through Reddit or I can join through the Discord. I can't wait. Well, I will see you guys all there, and everybody listening. We hope to have you be a part of our special night. It's the season one finale. If you're enjoying the Let's Be Nerds podcast, please come join us and let's kick off the new year together and safely and social distance and just kind of be a part of a group where everybody's welcome and everybody's accepted. Hope to see you there. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the letter B, nerds.